on this day 24 years ago. Tonight, Miracle of Threadbone, the full story of survival against all the odds. Buried by a landslide, Stuart Diver, alive after a 60-hour ordeal. Also tonight, the triumph of tireless rescuers who refused to abandon hope. A miracle has occurred and signs of life were detected. Some muffled sounds from under the slab. And hope too that others may still be alive. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we know that wasn't the case. The Threadboat landslide was a catastrophic landslide that occurred in the village and ski resort of Threadbow on, well, on this day back in 1997. Two ski lodges were destroyed and 18 people died, including the wife of Stuart Diver, who was the only survivor. Now, on that day, the local MP for Monero was Peter Cochran, and he joins us on the program. Good morning to you, Peter. Morning, Marcus. 24 years, eh? Hey, Marcus, it was a life-changing experience for all of those, including myself, that lived in the vicinity. And uh, I know, I remember it well. I was on a, doing a, a tour of the electorate in the caravan. I used to go and do uh, constituent interviews, and I was down at Tanawanglo. Yep. And uh, some early hour in the morning, I got a phone call to say that... Uh, that uh, and told what had happened, so I immediately went up to Threadbow and I stopped there for the remaining eight days. Yeah. But what I witnessed there, Marcus, was the very best of Australia. And uh, the leadership, the courage, the the unity, the common purpose of the people that were involved in that rescue was extraordinary. And uh, it was something that, despite the fact that I'd served in the Army for seven years and yeah. Vietnam and so forth, I was hardened to the traumas of life, and uh, I still saw there the anguish of the the, the parents and relatives and friends yeah. of those who are trapped. And uh, as time went by, and when, as uh, your lead-up the story recorded, Stuart Divers, uh, muffled sounds were heard under the wreckage of the concrete. Uh, the 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 elation, the sense of relief to a large degree from the people who were involved in the rescue operations was enormous and it gave them courage to go on because they were cutting through 20 to 30 inches of concrete and these were people who'd been brought from Newcastle Mine Rescues and other places and under the leadership of the late Charlie Sanderson who was uh, the New South Wales Police Inspector in charge whose courage was never recognised and his leadership was never recognised unfortunately and uh, he's since passed but the events that took place over that eight days uh, will are etched in my mind and will be to the day I die because it was the very best of Australia. Mm. Look, if you um, look back at some of the footage uh, and you can see the uh, the damage that was caused by this landslip, it, it is hard to believe that anybody survived. And we know the you know the incredible story of survival of uh, of Stuart Diver, as you mentioned, uh, tinged with, of course, the sadness that uh, his wife lost her life uh, while he struggled to survive. I mean, it's a it's a story, obviously, of survival, but we mustn't forget there were eighteen people that did lo- lose their lives. There were Marcus and. Uh the, the tragedy was that for some time during the early part of the rescue operations, it was difficult to get plans for the the initial construction of these buildings because some of them had been up for quite a number of years. And the planning regulations weren't as stringent in those days as they obviously are now. Yeah. And uh, 
Besser block retaining walls and the like, which are vertical walls uh, holding the the buildings in place, had collapsed and it had in fact collapsed on the understories of the buildings, yep. like a pack of cards that had slipped down the mountain. And I can well recall my first vision of the side of that mountain when I arrived in the car park below, mm. was that there were cars that had actually been in the in the parking lots in the at the, the lodges where the alarms were going off and hazard lights were on and there were people in the darkness wandering around uh, the the site of the the incident uh, calling out uh, for you know for survivors oh dear. because obviously people in surrounding lodges and permanent residents in Threadbow knew who was who was in the buildings yeah and uh, many of them were staff and oh. uh, it was tragic to, to see the, the futility of, of what they were doing, but they were all trying to get into the, the, the rubble to, to try and rescue them. And you've got to remember that some of these slabs of concrete were 20 or 30 tonnes, so it wasn't a matter of just, you know, busting them up. Yep. And there were a lot of uh, various techniques tried to get in there. They, at the end, they had to actually cut in there with, with, with concrete-cutting saws. Well, the coroner's report released uh, back in June 2000 said that the landslide was caused by water from heavy rain, melting snow and a leaking water main. Uh, It hit an eastern wing of one of the lodges first, which caused the nearby land to collapse onto lodges below. So uh, that obviously led to um, increased and better building regulations for the Snowy Mountains. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, yes, no question of it. And uh, the the road, the Alpine, which is now the Alpine Way, which was above the lodges, uh, was trapping the water and and redirecting it in underneath the the lodges. Now, that was something that couldn't be seen. And as I mentioned earlier, the building regulations at the time when these lodges were constructed uh, were far less stringent, primitive to the point of being primitive in those yeah. days. And there were a lot of things allowed to happen, which you know. It was during the construction of the Snowy Scheme and the 50s and so forth, so there was a lot of um, work that went on that was probably unfortunate at the time. But as subsequently, the water that got underneath the, the buildings it was what caused the, uh, the ice to form and basically lifted the lodges off the face of the, off the, face of the earth. And they slid down the mountain, uh, one on top of the other. And um, so even to this day, I mean, the, the memory of the whole event... Um, brings out emotions in myself because I think it's the sheer, the, the tension, the trauma, this, this constant uncertainty as whether there were people in there or not, whether they could be re- retrieved, and, uh, the, the, and again the futility of trying to get through these masses of concrete slabs that were over the top of the uh, the top of the buildings, and uh, it was an amazing event and and one that. Um, all of the rescue operators that were there could be well and truly proud of. And I said, Charlie Sanderson's leadership and the operational side of it was outstanding. Oh, he was absolutely. never recognised for his efforts. Unfortunately, he was picked up for speeding a week or so after the event, coming back from his home up at uh, Lisco, wherever it was, and uh, uh, Lismore at least. And uh, and uh, as a consequence of that, <laughs> he didn't he didn't ever get rewarded. But uh, uh. He, he was he was well and truly remembered at his funeral. I was there.
Well, I'm glad that you've mentioned him this morning. And look, of course, uh, you know, posthumously we can acknowledge uh, the wonderful work that was done down there by Charlie, but not just him, by everybody else. And it, it really, can, as you say, brought out the best within the community. Yes, there were rescuers uh, coming from all other parts of New South Wales. But as you uh, rightly say, it was a life-changing experience where the very best of human courage, leadership and determination was spread across the world via media reports coming out of the Snowy Mountains. Peter, thank you for joining me this morning, mate. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Marcus. All right, there he is, uh, former Nationals MP on this day 24 years ago. He was uh, the local member for Monero when the Threadbow landslide disaster occurred.